Another episode of the Replacement Level Podcast. I am your host, Rafael Nagawiski, along with my other host, as always, Chris Phillips. We skipped this past week, actually. Uh, things didn't work out. I Last week, I think I went to the Yankees game, ended up going Yankees game Thursday night, so I could not uh, do the podcast with Chris. But today we have a special guest with you guys, Jack Stern, who has been busy this year. Uh, he's over at Brew Crew Ball as well as a score, uh, Wisconsin, and WSC Baseball. He is a Brewers beat writer. And Jack, so happy to, uh, to have you on. Thanks so much for joining. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. Appreciate it. Chris, as always, good to see you. Uh, yeah, you're not in your usual outfit. As, me as well. I'm not really in my Yankees, Yankee stuff. So uh, yeah. a little switch up. I mean, we, got a, we, have, we have a Brewers uh, reporter on, so we couldn't really uh, <laughs> get that uh, – we can't really mix things up, up too much because I don't know. I mean, I'm not sure if you had anything against the Yankees or Mariners because totally different divisions. But um, you know, let's get started. Okay, so Jack, uh, for, uh, straight off the bat, um, how did you get to all these three uh, places where you are currently? Um, was it just, you know, you're at WSC Baseball, Brooker Ball, and the score, Wisconsin, like I said. So – to, to take us through the, the steps of how you got to where you are now. So a lot of it really started just with the work that I've done with Brew Crew Ball. I know I applied to start writing there. Um, trying to think off the top of my head. I think it was probably seven years ago or something like that at this point. Um, applied, the old managing editor there gave me a spot on the staff. And then over the years, just kind of working my way up, trying to make my coverage of the Brewers a little bit better. And then by just kind of putting out my work over there, that's what got me a lot of other opportunities. I know the folks at the score came across my stuff at Brew Crew Ball and asked if I would be interested in doing like some guest spots every week to come on and talk about the Brewers. So I do, I do that every week in season. And then that's how I got my opportunity with, with WLC Baseball too, where I work as the director of analytics there. Again, it was just kind of uh, the coaches seeing the stuff that I've done about the Brewers and then kind of asking, hey, would you be interested in kind of doing a lot of the same stuff and applying it at more of the college level. So uh, pretty blessed to, to get to do the things that I do, and I enjoy it a lot. So it's it's been a fun ride the last few years. So, Jack, with analytics kind of on that topic, are you always like – were you always into like numbers and the analytics side of it, or is that something you kind of like realized, hey, this might be a cool avenue for me to kind of go and kind of make my mark in? Yeah, so I think – Growing up, I was very, I didn't use like a lot of numbers when I was watching baseball. I know I kind of came from kind of an old school baseball family. So that was kind of the way that that I looked at the game. Uh, but as I started getting a little older, once I got into high school, actually, um, I'm going to be completely honest here. I was not a good baseball player. I'm not an athlete by any stretch. So once I, I got into high school and it kind of became more obvious that I didn't really have much of a playing feature it kind of became, well, I really love the game. What are some ways that that I can stay involved in baseball in some capacity? And that's when I really started getting into the analysis and the writing side of it more. And at that point, it was just kind of how many things can I learn? How many things can I learn? How many things can I apply to the game? Just kind of build my knowledge up a little bit and try to carve out some kind of role in baseball, you know, on more of the brainiac side of it versus, you know, the playing side. So that's kind of how all of that shaped up. All right. So a little more of the, um, oh shoot, uh, 
the Jonah Hill character in the movie Moneyball than the Brad Pitt. <laughs> little, I mean, little bit, yeah. Mm-hmm. If you can't uh, play him, might as well know it. Yeah. Um. Okay, so now, now just get, getting to Brewers business. So straight off the bat, um, not. I mean, this is more just your opinion. Are, are you a Brewers fan, or is that kind of something you kind of picked up? So I am a Brewers fan, born and raised in Wisconsin, about half an hour north of Milwaukee. So went to a lot of Brewers games as a kid. Everyone in my family is a huge Brewers fan. So that's something that I was really born into and and raised into. So, you know, it's kind of something that's always been a part of my identity. And then just as I've gotten a little older and as I've gotten more into the the covering the team side of things, it's it's kind of been an interesting dynamic where, yeah, it's still my favorite team. But at the same time, I also try to be as objective as I can when I'm, when I'm covering this team. So it's, but definitely just having the background with, with the Brewers as my favorite team just makes everything I do that much more fun for me. So. All right. I got a, I got a quick detour here. Um, Jared Kelnick star player, or hopefully will be a star player for the Seattle Mariners this year, obviously from, from Wisconsin. Is he like the prodigal son for the state now in, in, in in baseball or is it you know christian yelich is the guy and like we still love jk but you know he's not with our team i'm gonna say i think there are a lot of people in the state who are rooting for kelenic i do think though that if you just kind of ask a lot of casual fans like they're more likely to remember a name that's playing for their hometown big league team so i think that in certain circles, I think that in the state, there's a lot of support for him and everyone wants to see him do well. Kind of the same thing for Gavin Lux of the Dodgers too, who's also a Wisconsin product. But I think if you ask most people, I think they'd still prefer to kind of identify with some of the guys who are playing for the Brewers. But he's definitely a name who, if you bring up Jared Kellenick, a lot of people are going to know who you're talking about. And there's some people here who are definitely rooting for his success. And, and I think it's a little easier too when he's playing for a team that the Brewers really aren't in any sort of direct competition with. So I think that always helps too, but yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I'm from Indiana here. And so obviously like Kyle Gibson is kind of a fan favorite of ours because we don't have a baseball team here. I would say most of the fans for baseball fans here are either Cubs or Reds fans. Um, so like Indiana kids that are playing professionally, like Kyle Gibson, Lance Lynn are some ones that we, we tend to cheer for just because they're the local guys. So, was just kind of curious if that was the same same sort of thing with JK in Wisconsin. But um, so, yeah, so kind of moving forward with Brewers questions and topic, the expectations coming in for this season, in your opinion, are they, is the team currently like meeting those, exceeding them, or are they kind of falling behind on those? I would say that so far, they're pretty close to my expectations. They've kind of been at the at this point where they're they're playing a few games above 500, and I think that puts them on pace for it. right now. It's either again, I'm not great at math off the top of my head here, but right now they're on pace for either like upper 80s or low 90s win total, and that's kind of what I had for them entering the year. I think that this is a team that's it's not an amazing team, but they have a lot of depth, so they should be able to avoid stretches where they're you know, just not winning a lot of games at all. They should be able to at least keep their head above water during some tougher stretches. Uh, and then, you know, if you can have a couple outstanding stretches here and there, that kind of push you over the top. Uh, but again, this I wouldn't put this as one of the best teams in baseball or anything like that, but this is a very solid team. And they're playing in a division that is pretty much wide open. They don't really have a lot of competition. Their next closest competition for the NL Central title 
is the St. Louis Cardinals. And I think that's going to be a really close race between both teams. Uh, even when you look at how slowly the Cardinals started, I think we're seeing them kind of pick up the pace a little bit here. So that's very much still going to be a real race for the finish there. Um, but I think this is a team that, again, if they kind of settle into that low 90s win total or something and they either get in, whether it's through a wild card spot or through winning the division, they're going to be in the playoffs. So I think right now they're kind of they're meeting my expectations of a playoff team, but not some sort of juggernaut like a couple of other bigger market teams. So kind of just, uh, I mean, this is more of a kind of specific question, but uh, two guys in specific, you know, kind of the younger players on the, you know, the Brewers organization, you got Turing and you got Weimer. Uh, they've kind of been bigger names and, you know, they're kind of poised for a big future. And obviously it's kind of in the early years of the career. It's early, kind of early to kind of, you know, gauge how they're performing the next couple of years. But does that concern you how they've, how they performed uh, coming out of the gate? I'm really not concerned at all about either one of these guys because I had a feeling that out of the gates, they were probably going to be below average hitters. And that's that's been the case so far. Maybe if you dig into the nitty gritty of it a little bit, there are a couple of things that I wasn't quite expecting. Like Bryce Terang has had a much higher strikeout rate than I was expecting. He was a guy coming up through the minor leagues who was supposed to be a little bit more of a contact, good plate discipline kind of guy. And that hasn't been there as much in the big leagues. Uh, Joey Weimer, again, just another guy, too, who has a lot of power and also struck out a lot in the minor leagues. Seems like in the big leagues so far, he hasn't quite been making that consistent hard contact uh, that guys had come to expect from them. Uh, but at the end of the day, these are a couple of guys who they're not bad prospects. Again, they were names that a lot of people knew as they were getting close to the big leagues. Uh, but a lot of these guys in this Brewers farm system, they're talented but none of them were ever at any point can't miss prospects. And so none of them really profiled as guys who were going to come up and just be amazing out of the gates. Uh, so for that reason, it's really not too surprising to me that we've seen some of these young guys struggle a little bit in the early goings of their big league careers. I think that if you give them a little bit more time, a little bit more experience, they should start trending upward a little bit. Uh, but right now I'm not really all that surprised by the stuff I've seen from both of those guys. I think it's been, you know, just the inconsistencies and some of the shortcomings in their games that we've seen pop up from here uh, from time to time. And and we've seen the raw athleticism on display from these young athletes. It's just a matter of can they kind of put it together and patch some of the holes that are in their games. And I think that's going to be a process that takes a little bit of time. So, the, so Jack, the Brewers, they're sitting 13th in home runs with 51 on the season. They don't have a lot of guys that are kind of contact oriented hitters or anything like that. So is that, I mean, how big of a concern do you think that's going to be as the season progresses? They seem to definitely have a lot of guys who can hit home runs, which is, you know, kind of what baseball is all about now, but you still need guys that can you know, get a base hit and get on base via the hit, not just a home run. I think it, let me, let me try to break this down. So, Again, like you talked about, the Brewers have guys who, who have quite a bit of power, and I think that's really what a big issue has been for them so far is they don't have guys who are hitting home runs or hitting extra base hits at the rate they were expecting. Because, uh, again, striking out a lot in and of itself isn't necessarily going to hold you back as a team as long as you have other skills to fall back on. And I think what the Brewers are hoping is that, similar to what they've done the past couple of years, they're going to strike out a lot, but they're also going to, draw their fair share of walks and get on base at a decent clip uh, and hit quite a few home runs. I do think that when you have a lineup that strikes out as much as they do, 
it does kind of cap your ceiling a little bit as an offense. And that's kind of why the Brewers really haven't had a clearly good offense in quite some time now. Even last year when they were better than they had been in years past, they were a lot closer to just an average offense versus a good offense. And some of that does come back to the swing and miss issues and just kind of working with the hitters that they have. Um, But again, I think they can find success even with those strikeouts. It's just going to be a matter of do we have some guys who can start tapping into their power a little more like they're capable. So another thing for for you, Jack, here is we talked about the younger players with Joey Woomer and Bryce Terang. Um, You know, Cal Mitchell was off to a great start before he got that injury. Uh, Is there any player that is kind of surprising to you for the for this season? I mean, it doesn't have to be one of the younger guys, but just anybody on, on the roster. I think that Owen Miller has been a little bit of a surprise so far for the Brewers offensively. He's he's done a pretty nice job in kind of that utility role. And the Brewers have dealt with some injuries early on, so he's gotten a lot more playing time in the last few weeks here. And he's been able to kind of plug himself in at a couple different positions and, and do a pretty good job with the bat. At the same time, I think there are a lot of elements of Miller's performance that aren't exactly sustainable. He's really not hitting the ball all that hard not hitting a ton of line drives or anything like that. He's just kind of shooting balls into holes and kind of getting them past a lot of fielders. And that's not something that you can really sustain at the rate that he's doing it for an entire season. Eventually we're going to need to see, you know, more walks, other ways to get on base, hitting for more power, hitting gaps more instead of just kind of shooting some grounders through the infield. Uh, But the fact of the matter is he's been a guy who's really kind of helped keep him afloat so far, just because he's done a pretty nice job in that utility role. and, And he's just kind of, Help the Brewers patch some holes that they've had here with the injuries in the early going. So he's been a guy who's definitely surprised me quite a bit. So Jack, Chris was uh, Chris was talking about, and uh, you you alluded to this also, and you know the how the Brewers have don't have exactly have a surplus of contact hitters, and you know you're talking about how you know they're, they're a power oriented team, and you see guys like Willie Damas, Yelich, who are Yelich kind of dropped off since the MVP year. Um, and other than that, you also you obviously Ryder Telez, who's is a high 800 OPS right now. But does that mean that the Brewers are going to buy at the trade deadline? Does that mean that they're going to go out and try to trade for contact hitter guys to to kind of get things going? At least you know get on get a guy on base, advance advance the runner over, kind of get the kind of get the the move the chains like Chris alluded to a little earlier. So just narrow it down uh, a little better. Does that mean that the the Brewers? are going to go out at the trade deadline and uh, kind of uh, try to get contact hitters to um, move the chains a little bit. So based on what we've seen from how the Brewers approach the trade deadline the past couple of years, they don't necessarily go out and say, we need this one specific thing and we're kind of hell bent on, on getting this specific kind of player. They're obviously going to, evaluate their team and look at what their strengths and weaknesses are. Uh, But really they got to stack that up uh, against, first of all, the situation of the team itself, like where they are in the playoff race. Second of all, they got to stack it up against what the trade market looks like. Uh, The Brewers have never been a team that's gone out of their way to say overpay for a certain player on the trade market, just because they think they need that kind of player that badly. 
they value these players very strictly and they're going to stick to those valuations and they don't like to make deals where they feel like they're overpaying. So uh, just to kind of put an example on it, say if we are in the position where the Brewers really could use a contact hitter and say there's only one or two really contact oriented guys on the trade market and that kind of drives the price up for those guys, the Brewers aren't going to overpay for those guys. Instead, they're more likely to kind of look in a hidden area of the trade market, so to speak, kind of someone who might be overlooked by some other teams who they think that they can get a good deal for, or they might just pivot to positions where there's a lot more depth on that trade market. So whether it's, you know, in the bullpen or adding someone to their starting rotation, if those markets are a little bit more favorable for them, that might be the way that they lean uh, instead of kind of the obvious fit that a lot of fans might be identifying. So I'm not going to say that the Brewers are really going to be aggressive in going out to get a contact hitter because a lot of it's really just going to depend on, first of all, the situation of this team at that point, and also really just what that trade market looks like. And that's really going to influence where the Brewers go from there. So obviously the the, the Brewers pitching staff has kind of been the uh, X factor here. And they've kind of been the the piece holding holding everything together for the Brewers last year as well. That's kind of why you know they didn't make a deep run in the playoffs, but that's kind of why they they can make uh, they, they make the playoffs every year in the past couple of seasons. Especially this year, despite Corbin Burns kind of struggling at the gate, even though he's had a couple uh, some uh, solid starts past the past few outings, he's had struggles to start off the season, and many were uh, questioning. Uh, Burns, but other than that, they have a 4.01 ERA, 13th in the league, and like I said, they're kind of the glue that's holding them together. They're like they're only one game ahead of the Pirates. So, do you think that the the Brewers can keep that up? Uh, can the pitching staff um, continue to flourish? So, I think at the very least, the staff is capable of being a little bit above average. I think that they have the depth to pull that off. Uh, But at the same time, they are kind of in this position right now where they really just got to try to kind of doggy paddle for a little bit here while they deal with some injuries. Brandon Woodruff's going to be out for a few more weeks yet as he deals with a shoulder injury. Wade Miley just hit the injured list after leaving a start in that Cardinals series. So, And Aaron Ashby is probably out for most of the year, too, after having uh, shoulder surgery. He might be in the cards as we get into September or something if he can complete a rehab assignment by then. But this is a a pitching staff that, like you said, they've done pretty well in the early going here, but the depth has been hit pretty hard in the last few weeks. And because they're missing some pretty big pieces, it's going to be very difficult for this pitching staff to live up to its potential for the next few weeks. So they're kind of in a position where you just got to hope that they can keep it together and kind of keep skating by for a few more weeks. And then by the time they start to get some reinforcements, get Woodruff back healthy, get Wade Miley back healthy, uh, get Corbin Burns continuing to, to get on the right track here after a sluggish start to the year, keep Freddie Peralta healthy. Uh, then I think that's when you're really going to start to see this staff turn it up a notch because they're going to be closer to full strength. And that's really when we're going to see the Brewers team that resembles kind of what they were hoping to put together this year, a team that's really, really good pitching wise. And then they're just good enough offensively to back that up. So, Jack, I want to kind of jump off on the Corbin Burns aspect. I know it's a – I have to imagine it's a really big topic and talking point with within the state and everything because when you have a player of his magnitude and his contract's coming up and there's been a lot of rumblings, it doesn't sound like it's going to work out too well with him going forward with the Brewers organization. Obviously, the Brewers 
are in contention to win the NL Central and make it to playoffs. What do you think is going to happen with the Corbin Burns and Milwaukee Brewers situation when it's all said and done? I think he's going to get traded this winter after this season. I know his name has been in trade rumors for the past couple of years. Um, and I think it's just going to be a matter of when the Brewers decide to pull that trigger, not if. We saw last year that they are willing to trade some of their best players if they're on expiring contracts and they don't have a chance to extend them. We saw them do that with Josh Hader at the trade deadline last year, actually. I don't think they're going to take that route with Burns just because it's a different situation uh, when you're comparing trying to replace a reliever midway through the season, a guy who pitches one inning at a time versus trying to replace a guy who's throwing 200 innings a year like Burns does. So I think for that reason, they're probably going to wait until the winter to make that move, even if they might be able to get the best return at the trade deadline right now. But I do think it is pretty much a foregone conclusion at this point that he is going to be traded to a different team before the start of next year. I think the writing was on the wall, really, all the way going back to when Corbin Burns won his Cy Young Award, because at that point he just had the accolades that put him well out of the price range of anything the Brewers have ever paid for a starting pitcher. And I think we've kind of seen that their approach with some of these pitchers is to try to extend them before they break out. We saw him do that uh, with Freddie Peralta and with Aaron Ashby, sign those guys to extensions before they figured everything out. And because they weren't able to do that with Burns, I don't think there was ever really a huge chance of him sticking around long term. Uh, so for that reason, I think we're going to see him get dealt after this season when he's got one year of control left and the Brewers can kind of cash in on that a little bit and get a couple of long-term building pieces that can help him moving forward. So, Jack, now, we, a couple of minutes ago, we were discussing uh, Christian Yelich. And obviously, Chris just asked about Burns, who, like, like you said, is about to be traded to a different team because obviously the Brewers – isn't 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 really in the Brewers' price range, but in in, in terms of Yelich, we obviously know that he signed a big deal, seven years, one eighty eight, and that's through twenty twenty nine, which was a mutual agreement. And becomes the free agent after that, and he, like I said, he really hasn't been the Yelich form, and he we haven't really seen his much of his bat since twenty nineteen when he won the MVP, and his OPS hasn't been above eight hundred since then, so. Obviously, he he he's 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 clipped a, a big deal, and it's not so simple training away such a guy with such a big caliber. And you know he's an MVP type player, so it's not just it's not it's not so simple to say, hey, we're going to trade you, even though you have so much uh, competence as a player. So, what are your thoughts, and does that mean that there's a possibility that Christian Yelich could be traded? I don't think he's going anywhere. Uh, number one, just because you said it's probably not a contract that teams are really going to be eager to take on. And it feels like something where if the Brewers were to try to make a move like that, they'd probably have to attach, whether it's some kind of prospect or some kind of promising player to sweeten the pot a little bit for another team. Uh, another element of Yelich's deal is that he has a no trade clause. So even if the Brewers are able to put together a package that they like, Yelich would need to sign off on it and he'd need to be okay with it before they can complete that trade. And for those reasons, there's just so many hurdles right now that, it seems like Christian Yelich is going to be in Milwaukee for the duration of that contract. Yeah, he's had quite the impact on that team and organization for sure. So uh, kind of going back to on the, on the pitching side, Sal Frelick just recently underwent surgery. Is he going to be able to make an impact once he returns? I think that's the hope. 
Um, I know we talked a few minutes ago about the Brewers, you know, adding contact guys. I think they were kind of hoping that Sal Freelich would be that contact guy because he's a guy who coming up through the minor leagues, very, very good at putting the ball in play, drew a lot of walks too, just really, really good bat control going to all fields. He really is kind of that put the ball in play type hitter that fans have been asking for for a few years. So it's really unfortunate to see him go down with that thumb injury. I think the biggest question now is really just how is he going to look after he comes back from that injury? Because thumb injuries are a pretty big deal for hitters uh, because that's a big part of your swing, just how your hands feel, how you're able to grip the bat, how you're able to control the bat as it comes through the zone, especially for a guy like Freelich too, whose game is built on putting the ball in play, hitting the gaps versus you know driving the ball like some other guys. So I think that when he comes back in a few weeks, they're probably going to give him a pretty extended run in AAA just to see how that thumb is feeling and make sure that he's not feeling any effects of it. But I do think that when he's healthy, we're going to see him get promoted to the big league team at some point in the second half because the Brewers are probably going to need his bat. So it'll be interesting to see how he fares moving forward here once he's healthy. So, Chris, you were just talking about uh, the younger players in the Brewers organization. One player in specific, Garrett Mitchell, uh, is obviously a tough break for the Brewers, after, most likely after the year. And he's another young guy who was kind of really broken out for them, and he's really made a nice uh, contribution at the plate and defensively as well. So are there any updates on him, at least in terms of, you know, maybe he can be in the cards for a September run or in case the Brewers do make a, a deep run in the postseason, or is he ruled out for the year? So the Brewers haven't ruled anything out, and I think that makes sense because it just, you know, it doesn't make sense to say for certain that a guy's not going to be able to play when you don't know for sure. Uh, the most likely outcome, though, is that he's done for the year. If the Brewers make a deep playoff run, maybe they can get him back in time uh, if we get into late October or, or November or something along those lines. Uh, but the the reports have been that Garrett Mitchell had some pretty major damage in that labrum that he suffered on an awkward slide about a month ago, and he needed pretty major surgery to clean that up. So the expectation is that he's going to be out for the remainder of the regular season or at least close to it if we're looking at a return maybe playoffs, but I don't think anyone's really pinning their hopes on seeing Garrett Mitchell play again this year. And I think the bigger priority is not so much trying to rush him back. It's just trying to get him to a point where he recovers well from that shoulder injury and he can really bounce back and be ready for next year. All right. So my second to last question here, Keston Hyera, is he ever going to make it in the big leagues or is he just destined to be uh, like a quadruple A player here. I mean, he's he had success his rookie year and then hasn't hasn't done it since. So can he do it? Can he make it or no? So my thought on Hira for a couple of years now has been that he's pretty much just going to be that that four A player, and a lot of it has to do with the holes in his swing and the high strikeout rates that he's posted throughout his career. He's kind of been at this point for several years now, where when he's down in Triple A, you know, if he strikes out let's say around 30% of the time in AAA, that's really not going to hurt him. Uh, and that's why he puts up such gaudy numbers in AAA because he has light tower power. Like he hits the ball about as hard as anyone when he puts it in play. And when he's in AAA, he puts it in play enough uh, that he can do a lot of damage. But once he gets to the big leagues and he's facing tougher pitching, they really just eat him up with the swing and miss. And that's when you get to the point where he's striking out upwards of 40% of the time in the big leagues. And I know I said earlier that in general, like striking out a lot is not going to be a huge deal. 
Uh, but at the same time, there is kind of a line that once you approach that line, you're just not putting the ball in play enough to the point where anything else that you can do is really going to make enough of a difference. And that's kind of where he has been for a couple of years now. He hits the ball very, very hard. But if you're striking out 40% of the time, that just doesn't leave enough leftover plate appearances for you to be doing something productive. So I think he's a guy who, unless we can see him make some pretty sweeping changes to his plate discipline and really cut down on the strikeouts a lot, there's just not a clear path to success for him in the big leagues. And that's kind of why we've seen him get kind of banished to triple a for uh, times the past couple of years. And this year too, when he was outrighted off the Brewers roster. So that's just kind of where he's at now. And he's going to be out for a few weeks in triple a with an injury that he suffered a few days ago. So he's going to be out, out of action for a little bit. So if we are going to see some improvements to that swing, it's not going to be for a while. So, Jack, this is this is gonna be our final question for you. I'm sure you get this a lot. Uh, this is, and I know it's we're still early in the season, and you know the the uh, standings aren't exactly probably what you expected with the Cardinals that far behind. But that was a big series, and that was a big uh, turning point for the Cardinals. They took two out of three from you guys. Uh, it was obviously a, a big series, and the the standings, and you know the NL central the NL central isn't exactly where it's supposed to be. In terms of the demographics, like the Pirates are Cubs and Reds are obviously not going to be five games out in 30 games. And the Cardinals are st- still six and a half out. But uh, A and B for you. So A, uh, do you, are you expecting, like, like we? I think you you were, you kind of alluded to this earlier, but obviously you're, you're expecting the Cardinals to kind of claw the way back. And it's always been a tightly contested race between them two. But, and B, do you think the Brewers can make a deep run in the postseason like in past years where they haven't really, and it's kind of been a shallow postseason run where, you know, they're not really making it to the AL, to the NLCS, you know, they're not really making World Series runs because they don't have the right tools and pieces to put together a World Series caliber team. So I think that if this team is at full health, when we get in, you know, get into the stretch run here and we're getting to the, towards the playoffs, I do think that this team, it's going to be a close race again for the division, but I do think that they're going to win the division uh, narrowly. And I do think that if they're healthy, once you get into the playoffs, they're definitely not the best team on paper, and I'm not going to pretend that they're quite on the same level as as some of these top-tier teams like the Dodgers or the Braves or teams like that. Uh, But look, this is a team that can absolutely beat you in a short series. If this team is healthy and they're rolling out Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff, Freddie Peralta as their first three arms in a short series. Even if they're not top down, uh, top to bottom, the best team in that series, they can absolutely win a couple of shorter series and make a deep playoff run. So if this team is healthy, I do think that there's a very good chance that we can see them at least in the NLCS this year. I think that they can get that far. I I wish you guys luck. Yeah, I, I do have to ask one real last quick question. Are you surprised at the success of the Pittsburgh Pirates to begin this season? Or did you maybe like, you know what? They could be a good winning team to start. I think that the Pirates were always going to be an interesting team this year. I didn't have them really being over 500 at any point. So that definitely <laughs> caught me off guard. Uh, look, they got some young guys who are coming up and and they're kind of starting to see the, the fruits of this rebuild that they've been on for a few years. Um, so it was definitely going to be a team that was going to take a step forward this year. But again, Anytime you got a team that's that young, I think you're you're going to see some inconsistencies. 
Uh, and at the end of the day, you're probably going to still finish below 500. And I think that's still right around where the Pirates are going to end up. But it, it was definitely surprising to see them get off to this hot of a start. So good for them. But I think we are starting to kind of see them come back to earth a little bit here over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, Rafal and I definitely a lot of times uh, on some previous shows were talking about how surprising the Pirates start was and question like was it legit could they sustain it and for the most part we were the same same way like it's it's great enjoy it but it's it's not going to end well for you guys so um mm-hmm. you know definitely for the brewers on the other side though they definitely have aspirations of making it to the playoffs making it deep into the playoffs as well and i will be honest i'm excited to see what they can do they were a team that you kind of hit on on the the nail on the head about like they're not the best team top to bottom, but they're a team that can make some noise and win games, especially in the short series. And especially with um, Joey Weimer and Bryce Trang, like I'm excited for those guys. I think if they kind of add a different element than what we've seen from some past Brewers teams. So if they can get it figured out late in the season, watch out for the Brewers, in my opinion. I think they are a good team that can really be a surprise in the playoffs and potentially be a dark horse for a lot of a lot of experts to pick. I'm definitely rooting for the Brew Crew. Uh, mm-hmm. Go Brewers. Nothing related to add to Chris, what he said. Um, but just overall, Jack, thank you so much for joining. Uh, really appreciate your time and hope you enjoyed your off day. A nice off day mm-hmm. before you start up again tomorrow. Um, so, guys, make sure to check out Jack on Twitter. Uh, hit him up with a follow. He is by Jack Stern on Twitter. Make sure to check out his stuff at Brew Crew Ball and the score Wisconsin and obviously WOC Base, where he is a director of, of analytics and the pitching strategist over there. And just make sure to follow him, follow, follow, follow him throughout the year. Keep up with all his work. He does great work in all three of those places. And Jack, I really want to thank you for your time. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for having me. I really enjoyed this. So yeah. thank you, Jack. Really appreciate it. Oh, real quick, a chance for you to self-promote. What is the next piece that you are working on and when, what, what should we be looking for at any of those places you're, you're at? So uh, throughout the year last year, I usually did like a weekly mailbag type post over at Brooker Ball where I just kind of took some fan questions and tried to break them down and answer them as best I could. I haven't done that yet this year just because I've been so busy early in the spring, but uh, we're getting to a point now where I got a little bit more time in my schedule. So I'm going to try to bring that back pretty soon. So that's something that people can look out for in the next couple of weeks here. Awesome. Awesome. Looking forward. progresses so again guys uh that was jack stern for you guys i hope you enjoyed this episode make sure to check this out on youtube and spotify again make sure to, to follow jack stern and a big news for you guys for you for your listeners hopefully we are gonna have big news for you guys i saw chris nod his head uh he knows what i'm talking about not sure if i should be leaking it yet but there is a very likely possibility that we will be connecting with a big uh web, a sports website that will be promoting our, our podcast and we will be, we will be connecting with them to promote our stuff. Definitely big step up for, for us. And I hope you enjoy this episode and enjoy the weekend.